Welcome back to another episode of the Rama Rundown. It's been around a month since I last recorded, and a lot has happened in the world since then, and a lot has happened in my life too. I went from Las Vegas, now I'm living in Richmond for the last three weeks or so. Everything's been alright on my end, uh, but I just wanted to find something new to new, some new content to provide you guys with. Uh, as your school starts uh, starts going and starts up again, uh, I've been thinking about the direction of this podcast because at the very beginning, most podcasts, when I was starting out, I was thinking about how most podcasts work. And usually you have a host that's an expert in a certain area or you know a certain topic. So the expert can always find new things to talk about in different episodes within that same scope but because I'm not an expert at really anything I'm not at that level yet I started my podcast centered around my guests more of like a talk show format where I bring new people on each show and try to you know collect those perspectives uh, really pick their brain and see how they thought and then after that, I went through a phase of trying to do a couple solo casts, you know, really getting my opinions in there. Because even though I love talking to people, I really also have a lot on my mind. And I wanted to share that with you guys at well, as well at, at the time. But I think now, I ex- don't expect content consistently because it's, it's pretty hard, especially in a corona world, to uh, <laughs> string together the motivation to put out quality content at in a consistent pace but I am really trying to find new ways to give you guys insightful things to take in and hopefully learn from uh, little tips and tricks and just ideas that you hadn't thought of before and can change the way that you decide to live your life make decisions form relationships with other people friends family all that good stuff and so today I wanted to talk about something that I have maybe a little experience in or, you know, I've done a lot throughout my life. But before we get to that main topic, I just wanted to discuss something that happened a couple weeks ago that actually made my day. And that was the Detroit Lions. I'm a huge sports fan and I, I usually like following the sports because of all the, the competitiveness the, the drive, the work ethic, but perhaps one of, maybe if not the biggest reason I follow sports is just to watch displays of leadership and teamwork. And so, seeing the Detroit Lions take a stand after the shooting of Jacob Blake seven times in Wisconsin by a police officer, I thought that was really inspiring to me. And Matthew Stafford, the, the uh, quarterback of the Detroit Lions said something that was particularly interesting and this relates to not just the whole Black Lives Matter movement but just how we should work in general and and it is listening to the stories of the guys that have been through fear is probably the most important thing you know you have we have two years in one mouth so that means we should be listening more than we should be talking and especially for those who do not face the same prejudices or same fear the other people face it's really important to listen so to give more context about what happened with the Detroit Lions is that this was right after the onset of the Jacob Blake shooting 
and they were basically the first team, the first sports franchise to hold out, to really risk anything. They uh, canceled the practice and spent that whole day um, basically expressing their opinions on the whole issue. And looking back on it, it's an easy decision, but in that moment, I have so much respect for the team coming together in such a timely manner and also just being the first ones to really take a stand as an organization. Uh, I know that a lot of other organizations have followed and rooted that the, all the NBA teams in the bubble, starting with the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, Lakers, Thunder, Heat, they all in the playoffs decided to boycott one of the games and really take the time to have discussions that needed to be uh, had about the issue. But the Detroit Lions were really the first one, first ones on top of that, and it was pretty inspiring. It was really the embodiment of teamwork, all these men standing side by side. You know, just search up the image. I'm sure it'll inspire you too. Um, and what really bonds them together is the shared values of equality and the sanctity of human life. And although I'm a Cowboys fan, you know, the Detroit Lions are a team that I believe in. You know, that's a team right there that I would part without proud to be a part of, I'd be proud to be a part of, and I'd be proud to support. And so, uh, just something that made my day a couple weeks ago. But going into the main topic, I wanted to talk about things that I've learned growing up in Las Vegas and honestly playing a lot of card games and social deception games. Because I always get the question whenever I meet new people, and this is why it came to my head, you know, meeting new people at college, you tell them that you're from Las Vegas, and they're like, oh, what's it like living in Las Vegas? And right off the top, like, it's so hard to explain to people that Las Vegas is basically just another city. It's not really that different than living in, say, a Californian city. It's just when people associate, when people think of Las Vegas, they see strip entertainment, flashing lights, and yeah that is a big part of it but that's only a mile one mile piece of land on las vegas and the rest of it is just suburbs like there is in virginia you know you have henrico um chesterfield in las vegas you have places like henderson and summerlin and you know it is pretty it's still pretty quiet in those suburbs it doesn't feel like i'm uh under the spotlights all the time but one of the things that you know, is inherently different about Las Vegas is the, the culture of cards. I know at least in, over here in Virginia, people don't play as much card games growing up or just, you know, in high school when when you don't have any work to do in class, at least over there in Las Vegas, we pull out a deck of cards and you know, start up a game on trips, on school trips, play late night for what, five to seven hours at a time, place bets on it, dares. We do all of that, and I've had so much fun doing that, and I've actually learned a lot of things. And so these are just some things that Vegas, aka playing card games a lot, have taught me throughout the years. The first one, it's gonna be a list of a couple, but I'm gonna start off here. And there is no, you know, ranking importance of all these lessons, but the first one is reading faces, or just reading body language in general. When you play games, 
such as poker, big two, mafia, among us, um, jackbox, just any social deception game, and even just in the game of life, you control what other people see of you. Um, it's hard because a lot of it is subconscious. subconscious. You can't really control the, the natural instincts. But the more you're aware of it, the better you are at leading people to false perceptions. Especially, you, I think everybody knows in poker, the, the term poker face. It's all about your eyes. And it's hard to control. You know, when you have a good hand, your eyes will naturally dilate. When you have a bad hand, you might... You know, stop making eye contact. You might be looking away, look uninterested just from your eyes alone. And so what I learned is that use the more you are aware of your your body in in a game environment, the the better off you'll be. And it's really hard because most times when you're playing these games like poker, mafia, among us, you might be at a party. There's people out, people around you being loud, having funny conversations, maybe drinking, whatever the case may be. It's hard to focus on yourself, honestly, during the game. And also, you're tr- you're trying to figure out, you're trying to read other people at the same time. But what I've learned is that you can you can alter people's perceptions of yourself by just doing all the small things with your body. So I have a horrible. I have a horrible poker face. I always do the smirk when I have a good hand. And I know that people know that about me. So what I do is that when I have a bad hand, I'll think about some funny moments in my life, some good times I've had with my friends, and I'll try to generate that smirk so that even when I don't have a good hand, people around me think I do, or people at least are cognizant of, oh, be do smirking, there's something up. You know, There's something I have to look out for here. And at the same time, this part's even harder because it's much harder to frown than smile, but when I have a good hand and I don't want to reveal it, maybe I'll think about something it's not sad, but something serious. It's hard to really manifest that type of energy, but I'm still working on it. But the, the overall point is you, people see you, you can control how people see you physically. And even though you might think it's subconscious and a lot of it is, the more aware you are of it, the more you can use it to your advantage. The second lesson I've learned from playing cards, living in Las Vegas, is that just cards are kind of a metaphor for for life in general, and that life's a gamble, and you have to know how to play it right. And this isn't a specific lesson, but this is kind of an overarching statement for everything that's about to come, is that you have more control over your life as uh, as you think and nothing is going to come without risk everything's gonna have its consequences you know the lions when this when they decided to protest their practice they didn't know exactly how the world was going to react they didn't know how that nfl was going to see them how their peers were going to see them and, but they did it anyways they took the risk and you know it paid off they uh, they raised a lot of awareness for the movement and in some people's eyes, you know, all these young Lions fans growing up, they're, they're seen as heroes. And so, everything everything is a gamble, everything in life is a gamble, and, you know, there's no coming out on top, I'll get, that, I'll get to that later, but as long as you're playing it right, then you can't be disappointed with yourself. 
so the third thing and perhaps my second favorite lesson out of all of these is you have to know when to hold them know when to hold your cards uh, to give you an example say you're playing a game of poker and you've given a pair of eights or a ten jack which can you know easily go into a straight either way, either way. and the first I don't know, the first three cards placed down aren't cards that really help your cause. You stick it out. You know, when you have a, when you have good cards, you have a good hand, or when you have a good opportunity, you stick it out. You know, when, when the light flashes green, you, you go. You don't hesitate. The more you hesitate, the more time other, peop- other people have to figure you out, or the more time other people have to take the opportunity that you're um, still thinking about. And so, you know, when, when the light when the light flash flashes green, you go full steam ahead. You don't hesitate. And <clears throat> you know, the lifetime of an opportunity only lasts the opportunity of a lifetime. So even the best things in our lives, we think, oh man, this is the lifetime lifetime of an opportunity. And there's a reason why it is called that. It's because it doesn't last long. The longer you wait, the more you hesitate. You know, it's good to think about your decisions. But overthinking is very toxic. You know, the longer you wait, the more time you give somebody else to take that away from you. Or just, it'll just fade into nothing. And so, in cards, you, you become really good about taking your chances. And you can think about this in not just card games, but other social deception games. Uh, like Mafia. When you, when you have a line of reasoning that you've come through, when you've come to, you know you put it out there immediately you don't let other people narrow down the details and figure everything out before you try to add in your own story it's much easier to put your story at the bottom of it and have people build off of that rather than trying to adapt your story and your lie to things that have already been said so when you have a good opportunity to try something go for something you take it you don't hesitate so the fourth lesson is kind of the opposite of this. Um, last one was you know how to know when to hold them. This one is know when to fold them. When you in a card game, when you see things you know unfold, when you have a hand that's maybe neutral, and you see cards going down that don't really help your cause, you know you you should be good about cutting your losses and getting out, right? It's it's uh, I think I might have talked talked about this a little bit in previous episodes but the sunken ship fallacy in psychology at least is basically i think it's best described with an example say you really like these pair of shoes that are in style and you know you put 300 up for them you know it's 500 dollars, so you put 300 down payment in them but before you pay the other 200 they suddenly go out of style and you don't end up liking the shoes anymore most people, when they are faced with the situation, will pay the extra $200 just because, oh, I've already put in $300, I might as well finish it off and get the shoes. But if you don't like the shoes, that, or you don't like the product you're purchasing, or you don't like the cards you have, you're not, you don't stick it out for too long. You cut your losses, you know, accept them and let go, because if you put those extra $200 on the shoes, you wasted $500 and you have a pair of shoes that you're not going to even wear. What is, where does that really get you? 
And so when things are going bad, and this applies to a lot of social contexts too, when you're in a relationship that's pretty toxic, a lot of people go on the mindset, and it's hard to blame them, but a lot of people go on the mindset of, I've already invested so much into this person, so much time, money, resources, whatever it is, love, that even though this relationship is toxic, they don't want to get out because they've already put so much in. And so you got to be good about knowing when to fold them, knowing when a situation is going bad, get out before uh, you really get to the point of no return. And it applies. Yeah, it's better to get out early than stay for too late. It even really applies to sports when you have a player that is uh, that's good. But, you know, getting older, you it's much better to release him earlier than you know overpay for him and be there for his decline so knowing when to fold them is just as important as knowing when to hold them knowing when to let go of your opportunities when something's not working out knowing when to cut your losses and walking away accepting that you know i've i I might have missed on something is better than honestly sticking it out when it's not worth it sixth or the fifth lesson I want to get to you guys is knowing when to run and this one's a little bit more context specific and you might not be uh, faced with situations like this often in your life but it's good to be aware of at least Uh, knowing when to run is a reference to card games that are rigged so when, when you recognize when a poker player or something recognizes that a table's rigged or somebody else at the table is cheating you get it you have to get up and get away as soon as you can or else you're gonna end up losing your money and maybe even worse they find out that you know that they you know that they're cheating and you know that puts a target on your back but why, why i really included this was not because of the poker definition but the overall uh context in life when you start when you get in with the wrong crowd or the wrong people you better get out before all hell breaks loose all hell breaks loose you got to be aware of you know who you're putting yourself around the environment that you're putting around yourself and when you see yourself going down the wrong path you know you, you better run you better turn the other way and get out of there before it's too late before you lose a lot so kind of similar to the last lesson but a little bit more serious and maybe a little bit less applicable because it is a kind of a greater magnitude so when you think when you see something sus or shady you don't you don't keep going get out of there and we get to lesson number six maybe one of my favorites if not the most essential thing to being good at cards or being good at life in general this is honestly took me a long time to realize but I'm so glad I've come across the realization from growing up in Vegas playing a lot of these games is the secret to surviving <laughs> I call it the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away and what to keep and in card games this is pretty easy to define in terms of throwing away cards that you don't that aren't beneficial and keeping the ones that you know you have a good opportunity on but in life this the what you know knowing what to throw away the quote-unquote what can be anything it can be people possessions memories grudges pain you know hold on for one thing 
hold on to one thing for too long and you miss so much you've never helped. And so we should always be increasing our mastery over the powers to hold on and to let go of, like I said, people, stories, books, whatever our world may be. <laughs> because we want to experience as much as we can. So hold on to the good opportunities and let go of the ones that aren't as good. And so that is, if I had to give you the most important rule to being good at card games, deception games, and being good at life in general, it's basically knowing what to keep and what to throw away. That's the real secret to surviving. Next one is every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser. The cards that life deals you a lot of times may not appear good, but it's all about how you play it. Not everything is going to come wrapped in a pretty bow and delivered to you, and all your opportunities are going to look good from the start. And sometimes you might have to stick it out a little bit to find, there, find it there. And you know, you might be faced with obstacles, working with people you don't like, um, things of that, things of that sort. But it's all about how you really play the situation. Uh, if you go in with the mindset of uh, these are the cards I'm dealt, uh, I have no other choice but to you know play it to the best of my ability, and we'll see what happens. That's a much better mindset of these are the cards I dealt. I can't overcome this. Uh, I, I have to quit or whatever it is a lot of people have an external locus of control where they believe everything is outside their reach they believe that our world is controlled by forces outside of their outside of their reach well and those people don't end up being as successful because they don't believe in the power of self-advocacy you know they don't believe in themselves and what they can't control and what they can do so it's much better to have an internal locus of control and know that you know whatever life throws at me whatever hand i get dealt whatever role i get dealt in this game i'm gonna make the best of it even if i don't like it even even if it doesn't appear clean good um you know easy to figure out and that kind of ties into the next one which is you know there's no it's hard to be a winner in life uh, i see a lot of videos about how to be happy how to be a winner and to be honest with you not many people really reach that point uh it's and i know this is a pretty pessimistic way of thinking of it it's kind of weird because i'm a pretty optimistic person i, I still try to be real with uh, my beliefs and be more realistic but a lot of the times there's not there's no really coming out ahead of life you know the best you can do is sometimes just, just break even and there's nothing wrong with it and I've said this at the beginning of the episode, but the best you can do in life is making the decisions, the right decisions based on what you're given. And as long as you make the right decisions the right way, you play the you play your cards right, whatever, whatever the other situations are around you, you win at life by doing that. And so when people think about winning at life, they, they think about things that make them feel good, happy, money love all of that but to me winning at life is you know making the most of what i've what i've been given or you know what comes to me and i think if you have that standard it's much easier to be a winner at life if you define it that way than if you define it through uh, salary relationships um 
other things that you can define happiness as. And the last thing I wanted to leave you guys with is luck is the residue of design. And this is my opinion, but I know a lot of people when they think about playing cards, they think about, you know, oh, I'm not good at cards. It's mostly luck. And although there is a good component of luck, and that's the fun of it, um, there's not a lot of times you don't have to be good at playing cards to win. You can get lucky. But at the same time, luck is a residue of design. The more you prepare for something, the more cards you play, the more practice you have with making hard decisions in life, the more likely you're going to put yourself in better positions to get lucky. And, yeah, and therefore, the luckier you'll be. So when people think about, you know, just con- like put it, blame everything to luck, or um, when other people succeed and they credit them, by, or, and they attribute that success to luck, or when you have a bad test day and you say that you're not lucky, although that could be partially true, a lot of the t- a lot of the times it's you know you didn't prepare yourself and you didn't put yourself in good positions to get lucky. When you're going through that multiple choice, narrowing it down to two is a lot better than narrowing it down to three. And so, you know, the more you prepare, the more luck you'll have because guessing between two things and three things makes a big difference. And that's the same with cards and that's the same with life. You should always be, you know, preparing well, you know, the devils and the details. And if you take that mindset of, you know, there's certain things I can't control, but things I can control is how much practice experience how much preparation I put into this activity or this project, this game, you know, the better off you'll be. More likely than not, you're going to put yourself in better positions to get lucky. And that's that. That's that. I can guarantee you 100%. That's why you see all these people that are experts in their field make amazing discoveries, do amazing things. It's not just because they're lucky or you know, they happen to stumble upon something, it's because they put themselves in positions to get lucky. These sports players put themselves in positions to make these spectacular shots because they work on them in the gym. They work on one-handed crabs. They work on step-back threes from 35 feet away from the rim like it's a game winner. And so when it comes to fruition, when people see see that as luck to them it's just preparation and so that's the last thing I wanted to leave you guys off with luck is a residue of design but these are just a couple of things that I've really learned from you know living in Las Vegas and when people ask me what living in Las Vegas is like maybe these are a couple of things that I might answer to them rather than just trying to explain that Las Vegas is more than the strip because obviously that's pretty hard to understand if you don't live in Las Vegas. But, you know, those are some of my thoughts. Um, I've been trying to think about more ideas, like I've said before, about the direction of the podcast and new things that I want to teach you guys or make you guys aware of. And so with that, uploads aren't going to be as consistent. But when I do, you know, I stumble upon something that I might have experience with, something I want to share... I'm definitely gonna be uploading that, and that's not gonna—that's not to mean that I'm not gonna bring other people on the podcast. Still, as I meet new people with interesting perspectives, I really hope to get them to sit down with me for an hour or so, even over a Zoom call or something, and really pick their brain because that part is interesting too. I'm always looking to view things from other perspectives, from people who live 
from different circumstances, have different experience, um, have different uh, have different uh, views of the same thing. Like I have one view of happiness, but this person could have another. I have one view of love, and this person has a different perspective. And I think it's always interesting to have that. But I think I'm going to go going forward. I'm going to have more of a mix of you know inviting people on, but also sharing things that I'm. I considered myself not an expert in, but pretty knowledgeable. And so, uh, thank you guys for listening. I, I really hope that you can take away something from this. Maybe something that you can change about the way you you know make decisions, or even when you're just at a party and you're sitting down to play a game of mafia, game of poker. Maybe some of these lessons could you know help you go a little bit further than you thought you could. All right. Uh, until the next then. Until next time. Stay frosty, guys.